are listening to the Shoulder Tap Podcast. I am your host, Mike Salmon of the Cape Fear Men. On the Shoulder Tap Podcast, we speak to leaders in men's ministry to help men grow spiritually and help leaders and pastors reach men in today's culture, discussing issues men face daily. It is a program where a men's minister leader interviews leaders with men's ministry. And today I'm pleased to have with me Dave Brown. Dave is the uh, director and pastor at large with the Washington Area Coalition of Men's Ministry, more commonly known uh, in the men's ministry circles as Wacom. It's a nonprofit, non-denominational ministry to develop and encourage ministries to men in the Mid-Atlantic region. It was founded in 1999 and is one of the oldest and largest coalition of local men's ministries in the nation. Now, I can't, I'm not going to take time to read everything about Dave, but Dave has got a lot of experience working in the federal government, doing fairies. And I think he spent 25 years in the federal government. And then when he came out of that, he went into ministry, uh, became a pastor of a, of a church up in uh, Virginia and started to start welcome. And God has just really been using him in so many ways. And one of the, one of the, one of the first people I ever heard about when I uh, moved into ministering to men was Dave Brown. So Dave, <laughs> thank you for joining me today. It's, it is a pleasure to have you. Thanks so much, uh, Mike, uh, for letting me in on the conversation. I really appreciate you, your heart, and uh, the ministry that the Lord uh, has given you. And I'm looking forward to uh, what what the Holy Spirit's going to do here. Um, yeah. He's got purpose for us. So Let's let's get on with it. Let's let's let him do it. Amen. Amen. Well, Dave, tell me, you know, a lot of people may not be familiar with Wacom. Give us an overview a little bit. What's Wacom all about and what do you provide the valuable tools to the men or men's ministry leaders uh, in your ministry? Wacom, Wacom or Wacom. We, <laughs> we, we respond to all of, frankly, the women uh, really like uh, the acrostic Wacom. Uh, they tell us that that's what they'd like to see more uh, done to their husbands, their sons and brothers and all that. But we started back in 1999, in February 1999, when a group of us uh, pastors, guys in men's ministries, businessmen, parachurch ministries got together. Um, all of us were connected through the Promise Keepers movement. Mm -hmm. And we we kind of connected with one another and we said, we're sort of been boots on the ground for these big events here in DC. And maybe we can do some things to help uh, encourage, particularly pastors and the men that they lead. So for that, that first year, it was um, a, a time of just getting together and, and seeing if this chemistry, if this vision uh, was uh, of the Lord. And from that point, we began to um, work together and hosting and sponsoring. I think it's probably been in that time, uh, 250 plus events. Wow. Uh, big conferences, workshops, seminars. And one of the things that uh, we have done from the beginning, and I still do a lot of, is what call uh, consulting. And oftentimes I get one of two calls or emails. One is, Dave, we used to have a ministry to men here in the church and something happened. And can you help us? Or 
the call is we got a men's ministry, but it just doesn't seem to get any traction. Can you guys help us? So it's that sort of advisory consulting uh, work that we have done. And uh, of course, we our ministry is what some of us uh, say, we're in the belly of the beast, the most mm -hmm. secular city uh, in the nation, and mm -hmm. yet uh, probably the most powerful city in the world. And that has given us a unique opportunity uh, to come alongside uh, pastors who are bullseyes, no matter where they are, but particularly in this town, and for uh, men who in D.C., there's so much transience here which occurs across the country, but here guys are coming and going and climbing up ladders and government and all that sort of thing. So there's a continuity. And uh, as, as you mentioned, we've been at this now for, it'll be 25 years in, in February. Wow. And um, the Lord has given us a, a passion fundamentally for two things. Uh, one is the gospel. And number two is for men. And that men would be what uh, I call gospel men. And unless they're gospel men uh, talking about uh, um, what it means to be a man is a slow trek. So um, we, we contextualize biblical manhood in the most important thing that God says in 1 Corinthians uh, 115, and that is the gospel. Hmm. Well, you know, that's that's so important. And, and one of the things I have found out in, in dealing with my work is when I talk to pastors and uh, uh, men's ministry leaders is a lot of the churches, as you just mentioned a few minutes ago, really don't know how to engage their men. Uh, they don't know how to connect with them and to be able to speak into their lives and uh, and just be able to uh, encourage them, mentor them, disciple them. And I know that's one of the, one of the areas you're big in is, is, is discipling and mentoring men. Yeah, uh, especially then, but uh, uh, pastoring and discipling pastors. Mm -hmm. And I pastored in two mega churches here in, in D.C. And... Um, and our network and the various other networks we have in the DC area, I, I have deep personal friendships with so many pastors. And I know when I said earlier that they are, they wear a, uh, a bullseye on them. They're mm -hmm. ground zero because right. the enemy knows that if, if um, he can take out, take down pastors, the, the proclaimers, of good news, then they can uh, they can get the men on the run, and so um, and it's so important. It's so important for uh, you guys who are listening to get to know your pastor and to pray for your pastor. Absolutely, and just realize Absolutely. just realize that the uh, responsibility uh, and the opportunity that they carry is has eternal impacts. Yes. And um, it's like uh, in that opening scene in Gladiator, when Maximus tells his men, what we do in life echoes in eternity. Yes. And that's, that, that's true of all of us, but particularly for our 
pastors, our shepherds. So um, pray for them, get to know them, encourage them. And um, if, if, if your pastor is back somewhere in the tall grass because he's so beat up or he's so concerned about um, uh, saying things that are make people uncomfortable, go to him. Go with your buddies, your band of brothers, and 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 encourage him and ask him if he would disciple you guys, if he would lead you guys. And so um, I just can't emphasize enough the role of pastor and what uh, they've been, uh, the assault that they've been under. Uh, they are definitely under assault right now and more so today than ever before. I uh, think so. Yeah, that, that we see. So yeah, even even take your pastor out to uh, breakfast or lunch from time to time. You know, show your appreciation to him because uh, he is under a lot of a lot of uh, pressure and stress, and and um, and especially pray for him. Especially pray. Absolutely, for him. absolutely. Uh, I mean, you can't, there's not much more that you can do. Uh, more important that you can do, but to pray for him on a regular basis in that area. Well, David, I need to ask you. Um, Dealing with and speaking into men's lives, what is the, what do you think is the biggest thing or the most important thing? I should say it that way, that we need to do to engage our men. Well, I I, I think one of the biggest problems in ministries to men and throughout the church is um, assuming, assuming that um, men, whatever audience. Uh, we're ministering to, uh, assuming that they know the gospel. I mentioned mm. this earlier, but if we mm. don't get the good news right, and there are um, is a lot of um, of confusion, mm -hmm. uh, and so that that is at the core. And one of the things that I have done, I've been, uh, I came to Christ um, uh, in in faith uh, forty three years ago and I was climbing the ladder on Capitol Hill and the Lord pulled the pens out from under me. I had no idea what my purpose uh, in life was. I thought it was that ladder getting to the top, accumulating power. Lord pulled, pulled the, uh, the pens out from under me. I didn't know any Christians. <laughs> I, was, I was a staff director on Capitol Hill and the only Christian I knew was Chuck Colson. Oh. I knew Chuck from the Nixon White House, where right. he was the counselor, and then and then I followed uh, Chuck's story uh, of of uh, his collapse and his 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 prison term, and then coming out and fa uh, founding Prison Fellowship. So so I got in touch with him, and I told him what had happened to me after Lord the Lord pulled out the pins. And and I I was a new creation. I didn't know all what that meant, but <laughs> one of the things that I wanted to hear from Chuck is now what does the Lord want me to do? And I asked I asked him that, and he said, Dave, I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> and I thought, well, you're a, you're a big man of God and all that. But he said, in his own way and his own time, he will make it clear to you. Yeah. And uh, and that was in um, 1980, and I was ready to go into full time ministry. I had no idea what that was, but instead uh, he uh, 
he kept me in in the government. In fact, rather than a call to the ministry, I got a call from Governor Reagan uh, when he was in California after the election and asked if I would come and work for him. So that extended my government career. But one of the things that that Chuck uh, emphasized to me was uh, know the gospel, for mm -hmm. it is in the gospel that there is this superpower, superpower of God to save you to save others. Mm -hmm. So that that has been unfolding in my life. And um, I'll also say this, Mike, one of the things in terms of uh, work with what does it mean to be a man, biblical manhood, mm -hmm. all of those kinds of things. Um, in It took me a while to get around to it, <laughs> but it's been many years now. But uh, Matthew eleven twenty nine. I think is the most significant and most neglected verse for men in particular. And when Jesus says, for my heart is gentle and lowly, mm -hmm. that is gentle and humble, mm -hmm. my heart. So that's the only place in the gospel that he reveals his essence, his core being. Now, when, when John Eldridge broke out, on the scene in 2001 with his book, Wild at Heart. Right. And there was much good that, that John uh, shared with men, particularly men with wounds, father wounds and all kinds of other stuff. But I, uh, and I flew out to Colorado and we met with, with John and then we invited him to come to DC and he came and all that. But John's premise when he says, um, Wild at Heart is, um, Jesus is not wild at heart. That's a theological point that I've had with John for a while. I think he's clarified in many ways that. Mm -hmm. But Jesus is gentle and humble. Mm -hmm. And so biblical at the center, the core of, um, of biblical manhood is, is Christ. It, it's, it's not a definition. Um, it's not a motto, it's not an acrostic or anything like that, but it's a person. It's the man, the Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, but, but he, in, in the words of my friend, um, Stu Weber, Jesus is a tender warrior. Yes. yes. He's, he's, he's fierce and he's kind, all of those things. So I, I, I just caution pastors, men. Don't put Jesus in a box, a macho box, or um, uh, or even an effeminate box. <laughs> There's a spectrum that he encompasses it all, and that is fueled by the gospel. Understanding that is fueled by the gospel, and that's why it's so important to get the gospel right. Mm -hmm. It is. It is. That, that is so true. And I appreciate that word. That is that is a that is a good word for us men to understand that uh, Jesus was gentle and he was humble, uh, even though he did from time to time uh, have to share, his, uh, talk about his uh, or deal with uh, deal with individuals in a way that probably they didn't like. But he was still gentle and humble in the way he, he handled it and dealt yep. with the situation. Um, yep. Yep. It, yep. It, it, it's good stuff. You mentioned something about purpose, finding your purpose. 
how how does a man find how does a man find his purpose? Well, uh, one of two ways. Uh, you can um, follow and embrace the way that the world is going to define uh, its purpose for you, mm-hmm. or um, you can um, go to the Bible and find out from the one who created you how you're wired and what your purpose is. And, um, and ultimately, our purpose is not only defined by God, but it is in God himself, in Christ Jesus. So um, the world is rife with all kinds of books and films and things like that. Um, Joel Osteen has proudly proclaimed your best life now. And I just say, Joel, if this is the best life that I got, I'm in trouble. (laughs) The best life is what God has promised us. And we get glimpses and tastes of it for gleamings now in this life. And that purpose is to see him face to face. Now that's no other world religion makes that claim. God is holy. We're not. And yet we're promised that we're going to see him face to face one day. So when I draw my last breath, I'm 76 years old. In many ways, I'm uh, overdoing the actuarial table, but the Lord continues to give me favor with health and energy and passion and all that. But whatever that is, when I draw my last breath, I am absolutely sure that I'm going to see my Lord and Savior as he is and as I will be glorified as his body without sin without the stuff that uh, that I've sloshed through in this life. Mm. So, 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 so purpose is, is, um, uh, is important. I, I, I also, I'm, I don't do this uh, as, as a habit, but my brother, Rick Warren, he uh, became a cottage industry when he said um, purpose driven life. Right. Well, I mean, it, it, it's, it's a Christ driven Christ saturated christ besotted life right and the purpose is not anything i'm going to find out there either in myself or out in the world that i'm going to buy uh, a seminar i'm going to read a book my purpose is in christ he sets it and um gifts skills opportunities all that sort of thing and um and those those gifts opportunities are not are not limited to this world. That's right. We we they are going to unfold for us, guys, in heaven. I mean, we just can't imagine. I mean, Scripture talks about we see through a a mirror dimly, and 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 we catch these things in the midst of the battlefield that we're on. But one day, we will be on truly the greatest adventure. Uh, imaginable and opportunities that we thought we missed. I, I think the Lord is so gracious. He's going to, 
He's going to fulfill those dreams that we had damaged, um, that we never got. Those those dreams, I think he's he's embedded in us and we're going to see them and we're going to participate in those dreams when we're with him. Amen. You know, in, in finding your purpose, one of the things you, you have to understand is is your uh, and you touched on this in so many ways to say your purpose is in Christ. Uh, so is your identity is in yep. Christ. It's the fact that uh, when you understand that your identity is Christ. That will go a long way in understanding what your purpose in Christ is all about. Uh, so many, so many of our men. I know I worked in the in the uh, in the corporate world for many years, and and uh, so many of our men sometimes are finding their identity and what they're doing day to day in the secular world. Yep. They uh, they end up in trouble, or they end up marriages failing, or relationships failing, whatever the case may be. But when they find their identity in Christ. And then that that way it turns into understanding what their purpose on this earth is all about in Christ. Things begin to change. Things begin to heal, and and they're able to do the things that God really has called them to do. And and I and I and I appreciate you sharing your age a minute ago because one of the things that uh, uh, well one of the things that has uh, really been uh, on my heart. I'm not I'm not in the seventies yet, but I will be next year. I'm 69. Congratulations, welcome aboard. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but the key is that one of the things that, that uh, I tell guys a lot of times is, is when you're walking with God uh, and He's called you into a particular uh, ministry, uh, that calling is doesn't stop when you reach a certain age. It's amen. You know, and and I think uh, that's another issue for our, our, I'll call it. I'll be nice to say our our seniors, our senior yep. men. Is yep. that we get to a certain page, uh, age and, and we start uh, sitting back on our heels and not really doing anything anymore. And and, yep. and, and, and I think we need uh, you and I and others like us that need to speak into that and tell them that you don't have an excuse to sit back on your heels. Now time you Amen. really need to be speaking into the next generation. Because one, right. of, the, one of the verses that was... Uh, really impacted my life uh, 15 years ago when I was dealing with cancer. Uh, came out of Psalm 71 to 18, which says, even when I'm old and gray, do not forsake me till I proclaim your strength to the next generation, your power to come, which tells yeah. me that uh, as, as, uh, as a minister, minister of the gospels, a minister to men, I need to be uh, purposely speaking to the next generation and preparing them for the roles that they will have in the future years. Well said. Appreciate that, Mike. One of the things about being uh, older uh, is that you've been run over in life <laughs> a lot. I got the bruises to show it, too. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's bruises and wounds and things like that, some, yeah. of, which, some of which have, have healed but you still bear marks. Some of them are, are wounds that are still yeah. part of us, but uh, there's no such thing as uh, retirement in scripture. No, and there's there, not. There is, there is no such thing. So it, it, it may shift into different focus and things of that sort. And uh, age brings um, um, uh, issues with health and energy and, uh, and location and things like that. But one of the things I remember in one of the mega churches that I pastored at in uh, calling older men out into mm. discipleship and mentorship, 
mm. was that, uh, and, and these, these are men, uh, brothers in Christ. And they would say to me one of two things. They said, Dave, um, I don't have anything to share with these young bucks. Oh. And I, and I would look at them and I'd say, Fred, um, you don't mean that. Yeah. And for Fred, it was a matter of kind of rehearsing his life, mm. uh, the grace of God in the midst of his sin. And others would tell me, um, well, it's time for these young bucks to have time in the barrel. Yep. And I say, heard that many times. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I, I need to step aside to give them a swing at the ball, mm. things of that sort. No, this is, this is not. This is, uh, this is what a band of brothers is. This is what friendships are for. And so um, don't give up. And, and if, if, you're, if you're stuck, you've you got to find yourself um, a fellow traveler, uh, a companion, um, a guy or guys who want to finish strong. That is, finish strong. And, and that means to finish in faith. It doesn't mean finish successful. That, that That's a huge thing that our culture has impressed upon us is that your purpose is to be successful. And, um, and the world has all kinds of definitions about what success is. But, but God calls us to be faithful no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the, the seasons are, whether... Uh, bleak or prosperous so so um and and I, no doubt you've said this mike and i often say it is that that christianity is not a spectator sport nor is it about developing lone rangers we are all in this together yeah you know that's so true and one of the things that i speak to a lot of the a lot of guys also uh, God may move, remove you from a particular position that you were in or ministry that you were in. That doesn't mean he's through with you from a ministry standpoint. I mean, you can go back to the Levitical priests. Uh, when yep. the Levitical priests reached 50 years of age, uh, they were they were to step down from doing the, the actual work inside the temple, uh, the priests right. would do inside the temple. But if you go on to the next verse or two and look at, look at what he's talking about there, he also tells them now's the time for you to be training those guys. In other words, helping them out, being able yep. to do what you can yep. to minister yep. them, so they can do the work that's been they've been called to do as a priest. And that's what I need. You know, just like you say, you don't have any things. Uh, your friend said you didn't have anything to share. He's got tons to share. He's got tons to share. He just he, if he sits down, and starts talking to you, some of our young young folks, he'd be amazed at what he can share with them from experience. Yep. Yeah, into his life. Yeah, so, Mike. Yeah. Mike, one of the things that I appreciate about, appreciate about you and your ministry and what you're doing, and those 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 brothers in Christ who 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 shoulder with us, is that I I can't think of a time in history. Well, maybe that's a bit stretched, but I can't think of a time in which men <laughs> were more discouraged, mm. more confused than mm. they are right now. Amen. For many You're of right. us, mm. when we were in high school, we had cheerleaders for us. Oh yeah, ain't got no cheerleaders anymore. Oh yeah. Um, so, so encouraging one another and pointing each other to the only hope 
that we have, which is ours in Christ, but the only hope we want others to know about. Yeah. And Christian love, the most loving thing that we can do to uh, another man or anybody is to tell them that there is something better, something greater that awaits them. Mm. And that is the love of God through mm. Christ. And, and and so that's that's when we say, uh, when we're told, commanded, always be ready, always be prepared to give the reason for the hope that is in you. Those mm. things can come in the blink of an eye. But being ready to say why we love this God, why he loves us, and why you can be part of this. Mm. And that, that's the most loving thing we can do. Not only are men discouraged, but love has been so bastardized, if I can use that, has been so emptied of what it means to be unconditionally, sacrificially loved. Well, this world, this world has, has robbed us and has d- distorted what love really is and what it really means. I mean, Amen. You know, TV shows now talking about um, uh, finding your true love, finding your falling, mm-hmm. things of this nature. It just goes to show you that the world really doesn't understand what it really means to love because love is not a feeling as we're trying to get across to you, but love is a choice that you do. You know, the, okay. the, the scripture tells us that God chose to love us. He didn't fall okay. in love with us. He chose to love us. And uh, and you're right. Uh, we've got to learn how to how to love. Also, it, it's great. Right. Hey, Dave, I hate to hate to do this, but we're coming up on our time. Okay, we need, to, we need to kind of start wrapping this up. But I want people to know how they can get up with you and how they can. I tell you what, you probably uh, and I don't disparage anybody else out there in the ministry. I want you anybody that may be listening to it. That's one of our brothers in ministry. I don't want to. I don't, I don't want you to think I'm I'm uh, knocking you down. I'm not. But you got one of the probably uh, the best emails that goes out that I see, that I see <laughs> on a regular basis. I mean, uh, I take I take some example from you from time to time, but I want people to understand how they can get that email if, if, if they would like to do that. And, and of course, I, I get it pretty regular you know, coming out. Yeah. You share yeah. how, how to get, get up with you and how to, how to yeah. reach out and sign up for that email. Yeah just, yeah, just a word on that. One of the one of the things that we do in Wacom is that we do a monthly e-newsletter. Only one, we only do one mailing a month, uh, and, and that's monthly. And it's this email, E-M-A-L-E. And um, it's, it's, it's gone out to about 6,500 men across the country, around the world. We're just always amazed uh, how God lands this in places. But if, if you're interested in looking at it and or or or, or signing on to it, you can go to the Wacom uh, webpage, which is uh, www.wacom.org. Wacom.org. You can sign up, and uh, there's just all kinds of stuff in there. Stuff that you'll never. <laughs> never see in a lot of other mailings that you may get from from the church oh that's so true <laughs> yeah. you'll cry you'll cry you'll laugh you'll, you'll yeah. smile you're you uh, and and you'll be uh in uh 
instructed on how to do certain things. And, and it's, got, it's got a lot of great information embedded in, in, in that email clean of yours that yep. you do. It's yep. super. Um, Dave, how would, and through that uh, website, they, that's a way they can also get up with you if they would like to talk to you or have yeah. you to come to their church or event that they may be uh, putting yes, on speak. Yes, absolutely. You can go there. My, my email, but I'll give it right now, is uh, D-A-V-E, Dave, at W-A-C-M-M dot O-R-G. Have questions if I've stirred something up? Hopefully <laughs> I didn't confuse you, but if I did, uh, let's let's talk. We can email. We can talk by phone, however you would like to uh, proceed. Uh, Dave, Dave, I thank you for being with me today. I really appreciate our discussion. Uh, you know, when we, we came on this right before you and I were talking, we didn't know where God was going to take this. We were just going to go with this lead. And uh, I think we had a great discussion. Hopefully, hopefully uh, some men have been touched by this and, and has got them to thinking about some of the stuff that they need to be doing as men uh, in their local church, engaging other men and even speaking to other men uh, in, from their lives. So uh, thank you, Dave, for all you do and for the Washington Area Coalition of Men. Uh, thank you for everything uh, that you do uh, for the Lord. I appreciate that. Thank you much, Mike, and love you, brother. Love you, too. Well, I thank you uh, for listening to the Shoulder Tap podcast. The podcast is a production of Cape Fear Men, a men's ministry coalition. And I would encourage you, uh, when you listen to the podcast, leave us a comment. Leave us a comment about the program. It helps us to know what you're looking for and helps us to develop more programming as we together begin to fight or is fighting the battle for men's souls. So with that, I want to leave you with this blessing that a mentor used to say to me after every meeting that we have. He would say, I pray that God will give you a rock to stand on, a brook to drink from, and a tree to shade you. This is Mike Sandler saying God bless, and I hope you will join me again on the next Shoulder Tap podcast.